Welcome to Problematic Women, a podcast and Facebook Live that showcases strong conservative women, current events, and the hypocrisy of the feminist left. On this week's edition, we'll discuss Melania Trump's big week, GQ putting the Bible on its list of books you, quote, don't have to read, and outrage over a former NFL player posing with a gun in his daughter's prom picture. We're also going to cover the Kanye West and Kim Kardashian controversy and a report that disgraced CBS anchor Charlie Rose is reportedly getting a new show where he interviews other high-profile men who are taken down because of Me Too. I'm Kelsey Harkness with The Daily Signal. And I'm Brie Payton, staff writer at The Federalist and front of The Daily Signal. So to kick it off, GQ has put the Bible on the list of books that you, quote, do not have to read. It says, quote, the Holy Bible is rated very highly by all people who supposedly live by it, but who have not actually read it. Those who have read it know that there's some good parts, but overall, it's certainly not the finest thing that man has ever produced. They also said that you don't have to read Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain and Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. So, Brie, I have to ask, as somebody who knows the Bible inside and out, is it a book that you don't have to read? Uh, No, it's a book everyone absolutely has to read. And he's right that it is not a book that man has produced because it's divinely inspired. Um, It's all, you know, the word of God and it's infallible and it's wonderful. And I guess this criticism that it's a book you don't have to read and that it's not the best thing in the world just goes to show that this individual doesn't understand what the point of the bible is it's not like a fun novel that you read while you're getting your nails done (laughs) it's a book that you live by and a book that you dwell on and a book that you know you think deeply about uh and think about the nature of god and try to emulate jesus so that's just there's a lot happening there i just couldn't believe he said that it's uh basically a highly revered book by all the people who supposedly live by it but who in actuality have not read it. Now, yeah, he doesn't defense, know me. In in his defense, there are probably a lot of people who live by, quote unquote, the Bible, but have not read it as closely as they could or should. But that doesn't mean it's a book that nobody should read. Um, I mean, nobody has to read anything. But if you're going to read one book, this is the most important book in history. So this article was quite frankly garbage (laughs) yeah yeah also the other books on there kind of just it's pretty revealing pretty revealing well my favorite part about this was that uh they sandwiched the bible in the (laughs) middle of a bunch of other books that you probably have heard their names of um from reading them in elementary middle and high school and the bible is just casually slid in there right in the middle no big deal all right but moving on i also want to talk about the nfl player jay feely who faced some serious backlash after he posted a photo of himself holding a pistol as he's sending his daughter off to prom with her date the caption in this photo was wishing my beautiful daughter and her date a great time at prom hashtag bad boys basically he was sending the message uh it was kind of tongue-in-cheek um posing with with his daughter's date you better watch out you better not do anything um that you don't want me to know about because i have a gun clearly a joke he's not going to actually use the gun it's actually a bad joke like we've all heard this before but of course, the left went crazy. Yeah, totally lost their minds. This is a joke as old as time. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that being said, uh, f- number one rule of handling a gun is that you always assume it's loaded. 
right? So in that photo, it's like, would you handle a loaded gun in the way that that dad is handling that photo? No, that's a bad safety way of holding the gun. You should not hold it like that. You should always hold it downrange um, or, you know, at the ground if you're trying to safely discharge it or load a magazine in it. So that's rule number one of uh, gun safety violators. Bad. <laughs> bad. I will say that. that. Yeah. But he, did, he had he because of all the backlash, um, not about the way he was holding the gun, but right, just the fact that he gun. had a gun at all was like this huge, he, controversial, terrible thing. And it's like, okay, can we please calm down? This is a lame dad joke. Everything is fine. <laughs> lame dad. Everyone's joke. heard this joke. Like, move along. All right. Well, speaking of moving along, let's talk about Shania Twain. Yeah. So Shania Twain said that she made a quote unquote mistake by telling The Guardian that if she were eligible to vote in the United States, she would have voted for Donald Trump. She said this. I would have voted for him because even though he was offensive, he seemed honest. So this in 2018 is completely unacceptable. Shania Twain was forced to apologize. Well, she chose to apologize. We don't know if she was forced to, but her fans, many of them, didn't like it. And this this was her apology in part. She said, my answer was awkward, but certainly should not be taken as representative of my values, nor does it mean I endorse him, him being Trump. I make music to bring people together. My path will always be one of inclusivity as my history shows. So what bothered me about this this apology is that by saying she's she'll always be one of inclusivity seems to imply that if you're a supporter of Donald Trump, then you're somehow anti-inclusivity. Yeah. This comes up time and time again as if you're anti or anti-inclusivity or pro-discrimination because you're a fan of Donald Trump. That's just not true. Um, and I, I don't like that she was um, sort of buying into uh, this false um, this false depiction yeah. of who you are if you're a Trump supporter. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is something that we saw with the whole with our next topic too. Kanye West tweeted out his support for conservative YouTuber Candace Owens, uh, and he also tweeted out his love for POTUS Forty Five, saying that they're brothers. And they both have dragon energy. Dude, I think we need to explain what dragon energy is. We don't know what it is. We don't know what That's it is. That's the thing. But I'm I, think wondering... they, I think he should trademark it, though, because dragon energy is not going away. So get used to hearing it. Yeah. I mean, I think you you know what it means. Like, you kind of have a picture of what I mean, it seems like in your head. I think, I think you and I have some dragon energy. I think so, too. I think we definitely do. We breathe fire on the show. We and breathe in this fire. Podcast. And we also have the same birthday. And ironically, our <laughs> birthday is the same as Kanye West. So I think together we all have some dragon energy. Oh, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> anyway, so Kanye is tweeting about this. People are freaking out. Chance the Rapper steps in, lends some air support, and is like, hey, um, not all black people have to be Democrats, is basically in the long lines of what his tweet said. And a bunch of people on the internet totally flipped out and were basically kind of explaining racism to these two rappers being like oh hey um saw that you tweeted this 
um, by the way, you're a racist for tweeting that, right? It's like, it's you're kind a, of similar to a black what, rapper and you're racist for tweeting that. Or you don't understand saying. what racism is, right? Yeah, like, because oh, they're oh, too privileged right. because they are successful now. It's just, it's so bizarre, but it's kind of a similar thing in what you were saying with Shania Twain, right? She comes out and apologizes and is like, oh, hey, so sorry. Um, I'm not not inclusive. That's kind of the same thing that we're happening here. A lot of these people, literally Chance the Rapper just said, um, not all black people have to be Democrats. And people make the jump that he's making like a racist claim. But big difference. Kanye is not apologizing. He's actually doubling down. And we saw President Trump retweet uh, Kanye's <laughs> tweet and, and saying that was cool. Thanks. So uh, there you go. We have POTUS and Kanye who are BFFs now. But what's important to know is that we don't know what Kanye's politics are. I think what I gather from these tweets is he's saying he likes Trump's personality. We have no idea what he agrees with President Trump on when it comes to his actual politics. We do know that back during Hurricane Katrina, uh, Kanye said, quote, George Bush doesn't care about black people. We also know that he recently attended the March for Our Lives. So Kanye, I think, um, I think what's important about this is not to draw conclusions about his politics, but note that people can take bits and pieces of the president of, of president trump what they like what they don't like and still be supportive and have a productive conversation it doesn't have to be all or nothing and it doesn't have to be also um visceral against against each other yeah i absolutely 100 percent agree with you uh you know and while he was tweeting i i had a piece up a few days ago, just pointing out the fact that in between his his tweets uh, saying that he loves President Trump, he also made a number of really progressive liberal claims. He made a statement that affirmed gender fluidity. He said that he loves Elon Musk, who is a terrible grifter preying on environmentalists. Hillary um, Clinton. He said he yeah, he's, yeah, he tweeted that he liked Hillary. So I think it's very clearly a mixed bag of politics that are happening here. And I think either side shouldn't get too upset or too excited about what's going on here. I completely agree. So here's another thing I wanted to bring up about Kanye um, and ask you about, Bree. So Kanye has referred to himself as God and Jesus in the past. Um, he he had, um, in 2006, he posed for Rolling Stones magazine cover alongside Jesus Christ with the headline, The Passion of Kanye West. And in that picture, he wore a tunic and a crown of thorns in the photo. And this always kind of rubbed me the wrong way, because on one hand, I do think Kanye is so interesting. And some of his lyrics, I mean, to come up with some of this stuff, it's really interesting. And you can tell that God is very important to him. God is a constant theme in so much of his work. One of his most famous lyrics from the song Jesus Walks says, quote, God, show me the way because the devil trying to break me down. The only thing that I pray is that my feet don't fail me now. And I don't think there is nothing I can do now to right my wrongs. I want to talk to God, but I'm afraid because we haven't spoke in so long. Well, I think that speaks to a lot of people who are scared of their relationship with God. And I think Kanye is very honest and vulnerable there. But I also really question 
whether um, he's actually dishonoring God and religion by claiming to be God or Jesus in some way. Yeah, I think whenever someone starts to compare themselves to Jesus Christ or exhibit messianic tendencies, and by that I mean, you know, kind of almost comparing themselves or proclaiming themselves to be the Messiah, um, you step in a dangerous territory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is offensive, um, but also makes you wonder about just the overall stability of, you know, him as a person. Although Kim has come out and been like, he's fine. Calm down. So, well, well, I, I don't back know. Back when he said he compared himself to God, I mean, he's had some instability and he and Kim apparently seem to be claiming that he's over that and that's in the past, but that doesn't mean he didn't have that in the past. Um, but yeah, let's, I, let's, ex let's explain what Kim Kardashian okay, did yeah. because I loved this. Uh, Kim Kardashian has posed with pictures with Hillary Clinton. We know she's on the left. So I was, I was, you know, thinking that she was going to somehow disown her husband over this. Um, instead she came out and defended him. So in a tweet, she said he referring to Kanye is a free speaker. Is that not allowed in America? Because some of his ideas differ from yours. You have to throw in the mental health card. That's just not fair. He's actually out of the sunken place where he's where he's been being himself, which is very expressive. So she makes a very good point. If Kanye had thrown out his support for Hillary Clinton, would anybody right now be questioning his right. mental health? No. no, but they are because he's expressing support for President Trump. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is kind of the tendency that we see a lot of times from individuals on the left, right? You say something that disagrees with something that they believe. You say that you like aspects of a candidate that they don't like. You say that, uh, you know, maybe you don't uh, affirm the concept of gender fluidity like all the time. Maybe you have different um, thoughts about the transgender movement or the aspects of these other things. They'll look at you and treat you like you're a crazy person. Like, <laughs> oh, obviously, you know, you're not enlightened enough to know what's good for you. Let me decide what's good for you. And I think, again, that's just a really big fundamental misunderstanding of who God is and where we get our freedoms from, right? Like this country was founded on the assumption that our rights come from God, not from governments, and that government's there to secure them. But I think a lot of progressives have that perception twisted. Backwards. Yeah. Like they, they think of themselves as like, oh, I'm the arbiter of what rights you get to have and which ones you don't get to have. And I think that that's snotty and wrong. They like to play God, like what's happening in the UK with that little boy who the government ordered to die. His parents wanted to bring him to Italy to get treatment. And the government is literally playing God and sentencing him to death. It's very, very sad. Um, but I do want to move on. We have one more big story we want to cover here in, in this segment. Uh, that is, <laughs> this story is so ridiculous. I almost didn't believe that it's real, but this is real. It's not fake news. So disgraced CBS anchor Charlie Rose, who was accused of inappropriately groping and appearing in the nude in front of five women, is being slated to star in a show where he'll interview other high-profile men who have also been brought down by hashtag MeToo scandals. According to Page Six, the move was revealed by editor, writer, and women's advocate Tina Brown, who confirmed to Page Six that she was recently approached to produce the show. 
So in the show, they'd reportedly interview people like Lois C.K. and Matt Lauer and others who were caught up in these Me Too scandals. The show was supposedly pitched to be a Netflix series, although Netflix uh, came out with a statement that they have no ties to this. So basically, a producer was behind the scenes pitching the show, saying, we're going to put the show together and then we'll bring it to Netflix and try to get it on Netflix. Um, but... Uh, the the show, I, I I don't know if it's going to still happen, but um, Tina Brown, who they were approaching, um, basically laughed at the idea, and it appears to have sort of leaked it to the press because she thought it was so ridiculous. And this is an area where you actually see women like us on the conservative side agreeing with some of the feminists on the left to say, what is happening? How can we be offering people like Charlie Rose and Matt Lauer their own TV show? Yeah, the fact that this is even an idea... <laughs> that's being floated is so insane. So insane. So I came up with a tagline that I think would be great for the show, though. Um, we'll give hashtag me too a whole new meaning. And that's because during the interviews, you'll basically have Charlie Rose interviewing Matt Lauer and having a little conversation like we are right now saying Charlie Rose. So I walked around naked in front of my young female colleagues and, you know, sometimes groped them without their permission. Matt Lauer saying back. Yeah, hashtag me too, and lock them in my office. <laughs> you know, it's like me. It's like that's what you have. It's two like men. me too. I also victimize women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're gonna reclaim that hashtag to I don't know enable themselves. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. All right. Well, when we come back, we will be moving on to our next segment called "This Is What Feminism Looks Like." And we're back with our segment, This is What Feminism Looks Like, where we hold up positive examples of feminism in society today. So this week, we're giving a shout out to the birthday girl, Melania Trump. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, HBD, <laughs> Melania. Uh, I hope you are having a great day. So here's what President Trump said about Melania's birthday today and the plans that he may or may not have made for her in an interview on Fox & Friends this morning. Thank you so much for being with us, Mr. President. Well, good morning, and I picked a very, very special day because it's Melania's birthday. So I said, let's do it on Melania's birthday. So happy birthday to Melania. All right, hopefully there'll be visits in between, but have you decided on, or do you want to tell us what you got her? Well, I better not get into that because I may get in trouble. Maybe I didn't get her so much. I'll tell you what, she has done. I got her a beautiful card. You know, I'm very busy At to be point. running out looking <laughs> for presents, okay? But I got a beautiful card and some beautiful flowers, and she did a fantastic job with France. So Melania, or Trump definitely got himself into some trouble with that interview. Yeah, I would have been like, oh, it's a surprise. Can't tell you. Yeah. And then sent his secretary to go pick out a watch or yeah, something like that. You think he'd be better at covering his bases with all the media he's done. So who knows what Melania thinks about that. But I said to Bree when we came up with this segment idea that we might be getting ourselves in some trouble because we decided to make Melania um, the female of our segment. This is what feminism looks like in part because she just looked so amazing this week. Her fashion was perfection. So let's start out with that white hat. So it was a uh, suit ensemble. Yeah. So the suit ensemble was Michael Kors. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live, we have a picture 
And the hat was what really stole the show. It was this wide-brimmed white hat de- designed by... Do, I don't know if I want to attempt to pronounce his name. I Herve am horrible at... PR. Yeah, Herve that's PR. good. That sounds great. Yeah. According to a White House official. <laughs> the dress I can pronounce. So the dress that she wore to the state dinner was Chanel. Yeah. Beautiful, silver. She looks stunning. So my question is, she she obviously put a lot of work into this entire week, put together this state dinner. Um, she didn't bring in extra um, an extra planner as a lot of first ladies do in the past. She really was hands-on and did a lot of it herself. But it seemed that she was treated far better in the press this week than usual. And my question for you is why? Yeah, I have noticed that also where, you know, in the past, a lot of times people would criticize her outfit choices, like that time when she wore heels to get on Air Force One and then changed into sneakers was super problematic and terrible. <laughs> I think people are maybe are starting to finally realize that she really is just not a political person. Um, and so I think maybe, and this could be an early prediction, maybe tomorrow there's going to be some sort of outrage over a shirt she wears or something like that. But I think right now it maybe appears that people are starting to warm up to her because they're realizing that, hey, she's not super political. Like, she's a glamorous woman who knows how to have a good time. Well, I hope so, because I think it's about time that she's given the credit uh, that she deserves as being a very put-together and poised first lady. Absolutely. Well, okay, when we come back, we'll be announcing our Problematic Woman of the Week. We're back with our favorite time of the show when we crown our Problematic Woman of the Week. Bree, do you want to do the honors? Of course. So this week, of course, we had to pick conservative YouTuber Candace Owens, who Kanye West over the weekend said that he loves the way that she thinks and a bunch of liberals completely lost their minds. If you're not familiar with her, we're going to show you a little bit of a clip during a Turning Point USA uh, event at a college campus earlier this year. The mentality is not cool. I don't know why people like being oppressed. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I love oppression. We're oppressed. 400 years of slavery, Jim Crow, which, by the way, none of you guys lived through. Your grandparents didn't. It's embarrassing that you utilize you utilize their history. You're not living through anything right now. You're overly privileged Americans. So that's her response to a heckler. A lot of... Uh, People obviously don't agree with what she has to say about privilege, about racism in this country, about all these other controversial things. But that being said, you have to admit that she's a very smart girl, very well-spoken, very well put together, has thought through what she thinks. And I think a lot of the attacks are just acting, you know, like, oh, she's this fly-by-night kind of individual. Or what I thought was super interesting was in a lot of the criticisms about her, they were like, oh, I never heard of her, so I had to Google who she was. I'm like, what are you doing? Good, get some education. <laughs> uh, I think what's important to know about Candace is it's not just that she's a Trump supporter. She really has a message specifically to minority uh, communities that just because you're just because of your skin tone doesn't mean you need to vote a certain way. And I think this is such a challenging subject because 
um, you know, we're as we as women are constantly told that because of our body parts, we have to vote and vote a certain way. And I think so many minorities are told that same thing because of their skin tone. But sometimes you really have to hear it, you know, from someone in your own community. Um, they're the best. They're the best means of communicating the message that it's okay to think and and act and speak differently. I think Candace is doing that. I think Kanye just did that this week. Um, and I, I, I'm curious to see if this trend continues because I really think people like Candace and, and Kanye, whether or not you agree with their politics, can um, send out this important message that you can be an independent thinker. Absolutely. And, you know, as a Hispanic First generation American woman, I so often am told about issues that I'm supposed to prioritize and care about and the way I'm supposed to think about them, right? Like You're I'm supposed, supposed to let to, all the legal immigrants in. Right. I'm supposed to think about immigration a certain way. I'm supposed to think about all of these other issues a certain way. And I'm supposed to have a list of priorities in the way that they want me to prioritize them. But, you know, to be honest, my number one policy priority, which I'm told shouldn't be my number one, is the deficit. I think that that's the biggest problem and securing the border. And it's fine if I decide to think differently than the way that I'm told. It's empowering. Good exactly. Well, and good for Candace. Exactly. <laughs> so that wraps up our show for this week. Thank you all for tuning in. And as always, if you know a problematic woman, please let us know. You can follow all of my work over at thefederalist.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Brie underscore Payton. You can follow my work at thedailysignal.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Kelsey J. Harkness. This podcast is a collaboration of The Daily Signal and The Federalist, and is produced by Lauren Evans of The Daily Signal. If you like this podcast, please support us and by rating and subscribing on iTunes. Go do it. Go to SoundCloud or wherever you Give get your podcast. Give us a good review. Give us five stars. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate you sharing Problematic Women with your friends and for supporting strong conservative women who are standing up for America's culture. <laughs>